Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. We live in a world where things, organizations, and even people come and go. It's a very transitory world, and there seems to be nothing that is guaranteed. Yet, there is one unique entity that is here to stay, and it is guaranteed by Jesus himself. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Jesus uttered five words and one phrase that constituted a major, major promise. Listen to the word of God. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. It says this, and this is Jesus speaking. I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. That my friend, is absolutely a huge deal. It is a major promise, and it came from the very lips of Jesus Christ himself. Now, the context for these words is very interesting. I want you to hear this. Jesus was near the end of his earthly ministry. This was probably sometime in the winter before he died. And he had taken, taken his uh, 12 on, on a bit of a journey up into northern Galilee. It was about 30 miles north of the Sea of Galilee, up at the base of Mount Hermon. And he was in a place called Caesarea Philippi. Now, that is a very interesting place. It was a beautiful place. It was a lush place. There, there was located there at the, at the base of Mount Hermon, a 100 foot high rock wall. And there in, in that rock wall is something called the Cave of Pan, P-A-N. And that cave, by the way, uh, held a spring. It was it was deep. It seemed to be a, a bottomless a bottomless pit, so to speak. And and that spring was the easternmost source of the uh, River of Jordan. And and because the area was well watered, it was beautiful. It was lush, and and it was is quite the place. Jesus took the twelve there aside to make a revelation to them. And uh, it, it, it is part of this story here in Matthew chapter 16. If we back up from verse 18 to verse 13, let me just read the story to you. It says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his, question, his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? By the way, Jesus most often referred him to himself with that phrase, the Son of Man. And it goes back to the book of Daniel, and it has uh, deity implications. So uh, he was not shy about letting them know that he was God, a very God. Now, Verse 14 says, And they said, the disciples answered him, Some say John the Baptist, and others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, or son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And then we come to verse 18 where Jesus said, I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. So here in this story, Jesus had a question. He says, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who are they saying that I am? And the disciples gave him the best answers that they could. They were hearing things. They said, some people are saying that you're John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist had already been uh, killed by Herod uh, by that time. He had been beheaded. And so some people are thinking that he's John the Baptist uh, brought to life. Others Elijah, uh, the, the Elijah had come back uh, to to earth, and some Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, or then there were others that said he was one of the prophets. So all kinds of things that people were saying that Jesus was, and they had not recognized the main thing. But Jesus said, "Who do you say that I am?" And Simon Peter who always spoke on behalf of the group. He was not speaking just for himself. He was he was uh, giving the consensus of the group. Peter uh, was the, the spokesman for, for the group. And so Peter answered, he said, you're the Christ, Christ, Christos in the Greek. Uh, it, was, it was the word uh, from which uh, Messiah, the anointed one, the promised one that Israel was looking for. So uh, Simon Peter was saying, you are the promised one. That is to come. You are the son of the living God. And that, again, was Peter saying, uh, you, you are God. You are God. You are the anointed one. You are the Messiah that we've been looking for for hundreds of years, the promised one that, that, that would come. Jesus' response to him was, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. God had sovereignly opened the mind and the heart of Peter and of the disciples to see, to recognize the truth, the fact that Jesus is, was, and is the promised Messiah. And yet the blinded people of his day, very few of them saw that and recognized it. But here, these had the, the, the opportunity to see it and to recognize it and to say it to Jesus. And so in Jesus' response, he, he said, I say uh, to you that you are Peter, and that word is translated stone, and upon this rock, large rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. So the rock there, isn't it interesting that Jesus used the word stone and rock there in the setting that I just previously described there at Caesarea Philippi, there at the base of Mount Hermon, that large, huge, 100-foot-high rock wall and so a rock was the setting for for this whole discussion and and Jesus said upon this rock and now what is the rock the rock is Peter's declaration what was Peter's declaration Jesus the Messiah the son of the living God and so on that rock I will build my church there are the five words that constitute Jesus promise his guarantee those five words again I will 
build my church. We're going to take a look at those five words on this podcast and on the next podcast, and then one phrase that followed those five words, and the phrase is, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it, and we'll look at that on the next podcast. I will build my church. What a declaration. Let's look at some of those words uh, on this podcast, and then we'll go to the next one to look at the, 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 re- the rest of them. The first word is I. I, Jesus said I. This was Jesus. This was Jesus who is God speaking. Let's think about that for a moment. Again, as we said earlier in verse 16, uh, Peter and Jesus uh, agreed with him. Peter said, you are the Christ, the Messiah. So uh, this is the Messiah speaking, the anointed one of God speaking. And then verse 16 called him the son of the living God. The Son of the Living God. He is the Son of the Living God. You know, I am a Son of God. You are a Son of God, a daughter of God. But the, but there's a difference. He is the Son of God, the second person in the triune Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He is the Son of the Living of the Living God. Uh, just uh, simply. Talking about his place in the in the triune God, one God, three persons in the Godhead, and then John chapter one verses one and fourteen reveal the fact that he is God in the flesh. Who is this I? I will build my church. This I is God in the flesh. Uh, John chapter one verse one says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." And verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelled or pitched His tent or tabernacled among us. So here he is. This is God in the flesh that is that is talking. Uh, that wonderful, mysterious union where he's fully God and fully man. Fully God and fully man. What a, 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 an awesome, wonderful thing there. And then if we go back into the Old Testament, we see more of who this I is. I will build my church. In the Old Testament, he is the creator. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and a little later on it said uh, it is said let us and when he talked about creating man let us make man in our image and in in John chapter 1 uh, in the verses 2 and 3 he is the one who created the earth and so he is the creator we see him in the Old Testament we see him in the Old Testament referred to as the angel of the Lord now um, that was a what we call a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ uh, pre before incarnate in the flesh before Jesus was born in the flesh through Mary before he was born pre incarnate there were a number of appearances of Jesus in the Old Testament and one of the ways that he was referred to when he appeared was the angel the messenger of the Lord there is a definite article in front of angel the angel of the Lord there were a number of places in the Old Testament where uh, where that that is talked about, and I would encourage you to go to the Word of God, use your concordance, uh, go and Google it, uh, the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord, and see what you come up with. And then in Joshua chapter 5, verse 14, he is called the captain of the Lord's host. Joshua had just led the children of Israel across the Jordan. He had just taken over the spot that, that uh, Moses had filled. He was Moses' successor. 
getting ready to go up in their first battle against uh, Jericho, and 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 guess what? He had an appearance there. He ran into a man, and 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 um, Joshua pulled his sword out and said, "Are you with us, or, or are you against us?" And and Jesus revealed Himself as the Captain of the Lord's host. Oh my! Think about that, the Lord's host. And then He's called the Son of the Gods by uh, Nebuchadnezzar there when uh, he, he had thrown the three Hebrew children in the fire and they didn't get burned and there was a fourth walking around like uh, that looked like a son of the gods he said and that was Nebuchadnezzar's way of, of recognizing deity there that was uh, the appearance of Jesus Christ I I, Jesus, who is God, we got to understand who is making this promise, this declaration that he'll build his church. The second word is will. I will. That is a firm, unwavering declaration. There is no I may, I might, I hope to, but I will build my church. Now, we have over 2,000 years of proof to date through persecution, through martyrdom, people being killed, through inner conflicts inside the church, through compromise, through false doctrines that have that have come through the church, the church has stood. The church has continued to be built from that uh, just 120 in the upper room when on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came and then 3,000 were saved. From that day, now it's spread all across the earth and millions of people claim the name of Christ and that down through the years, down through the generations, across all ethnic lines, and and through flood and fire and all kinds of things, the church has not only survived, but it has thrived because Jesus says, I will. Not I might, I may, or I hope to, but I will. And we have the proof. We have the proof of history. So, with that, we're going to look at the rest of those five words on the next podcast. I encourage you to come back. Until then, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.